Hello and welcome. My name's Ben. I'm the CEO of Charlie HR, and this is the Culture Ops Podcast. We're the podcast that's trying to lift the lid on the challenging situations that affect your business and your culture on a daily basis. Let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of the Culture Ops Podcast. If I was going to pick a battle amongst the global ecosystem that sits around high-growth technology companies, that battle would be that we often glorify technology or product without celebrating the people that really power those businesses. I firmly believe a business is nothing without its team. And so I guess that's why for me and for us at Charlie HR, that's always been our first priority, our team. And so this week, I want to pose a pretty challenging question. Is the team we needed in the past the team we're going to need in the future? And to help me unpack that tough question, I'd like to welcome Charlotte Melkert, CEO and co-founder of eCulture. Charlotte, how are you doing? Thanks, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm, um, I managed to sneak into the office last week. <laughs> um, it was nice to work from somewhere that wasn't my dining room table, which is, which is where I'm currently recording this <laughs> podcast. Um, you're in Rotterdam, right? Yeah, and fortunately, uh, at the office already for two weeks. So we are, uh, we are doing pretty fine here with the whole COVID situation. So I have the luck to be working from the office. I basically, I, by the way, I didn't stop working at the office, but I was, was just, uh, it was just me during the lockdown period. And we are now slowly starting to let people come to the office as well. Nice. And um, why don't you just start by telling us a bit about what you guys do at eCulture? Yeah, so eQualture is a, um, uh, we are an HR tech startup based in, uh, in Rotterdam in the Netherlands. Um, uh, and what we do is we have developed a team composition technology, actually the uh, world's first one, or at least that's uh, how, we, uh, how we call ourselves. Um, and what eQualture is doing, um, it's a technology that leverages neuroscience and AI to help scaling companies, so really companies between 11 and 100 people. Um, in building the right team composition they need to be able to skill. Uh, so that means that the people in your team collectively represent the right skill sets, the right backgrounds and the right personality traits. Uh, because we believe that the success of a skill is really in the combination of people and not so much just the sum of people. Um, so that's what we do. Nice. And um, tell me, I guess, why you're so passionate about that. You know, where does that... Where does that drive and, and, and passion to build a business in that space come from? Well, I've had a recruitment agency before I started this company. So I was really focused on uh, recruitment only uh, um, before we came up with this idea. But I was, um, I was pretty surprised and, and almost frustrated by how, the, how, how we people still uh, deal with team building. So it's, it's and, and hiring, of course, uh, as a part of that. So it's, uh, not data driven. It's very much based on gut feeling, uh, on looking back instead of looking at a candidate's p- potential. So uh, it, it, this was in 2017 when I came up with the idea. I was like, how is it possible that we are innovating every single department in the company and that HR is still so far behind? 
uh, while your people or your team is actually your most valuable asset you have in the company. I, I really believe that that uh, a company without a successful team can never become a successful company. Uh, it's all about your team. So um, at that stage, we reached a point where we were like, okay, we really need to start build something uh, that can help people get more out of their team because your team is actually your growth engine, but it can also be the bottleneck of your growth. So that's basically how we came up with the idea. That's awesome. Really cool. Um, so part of what your product does is it looks at traits of individuals and, and tries to understand how they're maybe going to behave with certain other character types and, and individuals that they might come across at work. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think um, the last three months is going to make some of us question maybe the traits that we're hiring for? Do you think it's going to make us consider that maybe the traits we need from our team going forward are maybe slightly different traits or, 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 or other things that we didn't have previously? Definitely. I think, um, I think it really changes the game of hiring, uh, the situation in which we are right now. And I think it will change it forever because I think that most people uh, started to realize that we are not really going back to normal. There is going to be a new normal. Um, I think what are the main differences is that, um, like you mentioned, we have uh, we have uh, we have neuroassessment games in our platform, so we measure personality traits and competencies and skill sets for people. Um, and what you see is that uh, some skills and personality traits are proven to be crucial in order to, for instance, work remotely, which is a, which is a hot topic now. And I think people. Uh, uh, of course, people are going back to the office, but it's 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 becoming way more normal to say I'm working from home two days a week. Uh, there are skills and personality traits that you need to have in order to be successful at that, and there are also skills and personalities that have proven to be crucial in times like a pandemic, for instance, that hits us both from a business side but also from a private side. So I think we've, uh, yeah, I think we've definitely all experienced that that uh, we need to adapt our desired skill set to the norm to the new normal that we will have after uh, after COVID nineteen. How do you think we, we kind of balance reaction, appropriate reaction and not overreaction? Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I'm thinking about on a, on a daily basis is... Good question. Is how much is this going to be a new normal? And so what's the, what's the level at which we should consider um, things? We should rip up the rule book. We should reevaluate our products, reevaluate our technology. You know, what's the level of reaction that's appropriate for the situation? Well, I think, of course, the, the full, fully remote situation, uh, it's not something that's going to last. There are lots of companies that are not going well in the situation in which the, the whole team is working remotely. I think what we do need to embrace is that uh, uh, the, the traditional mindset working from 9 to 5 at the office and going home, that's definitely going to change. I think we've now seen as companies as well, okay, we don't need, a, we don't need an office, for instance, where everyone has a seat every day. Uh, it, it's okay to be... Uh, to be able to uh, to put fifty percent of your team uh, at the office the same day, so I think the the, uh, the the new normal is somewhere in the middle. It's uh, it's between not going crazy because of a pandemic. Because of course, I think uh, it might happen again, maybe in ten years, maybe in the two years. Uh, but the new normal is somewhere in the middle, I believe. Uh, and I believe not reacting at all is also really a bad thing to do. Yeah, um, 
sensible, sensible advice. Um, so Very politically correct, right? It's somewhere in the middle. That's actually yeah, <laughs> not, yeah. a, not a good answer to your question. <laughs> no, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it is normally the true, the true answer. I always think that, um, you know, when you have two people arguing about something, the reality is, is that neither opinion is the correct opinion. The correct opinion kind of sits somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So I, I think, I think, I think your answer is spot on. What, what, from your experience, do you think the traits are that we should be considering um, for our teams going forward? What are the things that you know maybe you guys are looking for at eCulture? Well, we, um, funnily enough, before um, before uh, COVID actually happened, we already started doing research here at eCulture to um, skills and personality traits that have proven to be crucial in a remote setting, for instance. Um, because it was already a trend, especially for, for tech skills. It's, it's more and more normal to attract talent from all over the world. And that means that people are working remotely as well. So we already started doing that research. But we, the only thing we needed to do was speed it up, basically, when this happens. Um, and there, there is actually a set of, of traits that are, uh, that are crucial. And, and those are things like which are really on the skill side. So uh, a, very, a very practical one, for instance, is uh, task prioritizing which sounds so logical, like everyone should be able to prioritize well. But if you're not in the office and you don't have the, the chat at the coffee machine or you don't have all the, uh, the information you would normally have more as a coincidence because of the fact that you're at the office, it makes it really difficult for you to know where to focus on in your job on a daily basis. Uh, so that means that a, a, a task as simple as prioritizing becomes extremely important now in a remote setting. So that's, a, that's an example of a skill. Um, and what we've also seen, friends, is that people uh, with a very short-term vision uh, will likely highly underperform in a remote environment. And that's mainly because of the fact that it, um, um, if you have a short-term vision, you are likely to be more focused on the short-term achievements rather than this is the, the, the long-term, this is the end game that we have with our company. Um, well... If people are at the office, it's so easy to keep remembering people about the end game. This is what we eventually want to achieve with a company. And that's what's going to motivate people. We are living in the 21st century in which people, of course, want to earn some money in their job. But they also do it for the, uh, for the, the greater goal that you have with your company. If you're in a remote setting, it's way more difficult to keep communicating that to your team. These are the goal settings that we are having. This is why we are doing it. This is, for, uh, uh, this is the, 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 the type of customer that we are doing it for. Um, so you see that people don't tend to have that long-term focus naturally, uh, just lose track on what are what is it that we are actually doing and why is it relevant and, and that could really, really kill your business. So it's really a combination of super practical skills that sounds really logical that you should have it in every single way uh, and in every single job opening, whether it's remote or not, uh, up to really uh, tangible personality traits that people are having so it's uh it's it's funny to see how how important it is to work either from home or for the office yeah it's really interesting do you do you look at the team that you've hired yourself and think you know as we consider our the future hires we want to make maybe we want to dial up certain traits yeah. you know i i I definitely think this moment is a good moment to kind of reflect on do we have the people around us that are going to help us carry our business in, is into the future. Yeah, definitely. 
uh, yeah, that's the funny thing because, of course, practice what you preach. We already we were already doing research to it, but we weren't practicing it yet ourselves. Uh, but yes, definitely, it's it changed uh, uh, it changed our criteria as well. We uh, we are we are by the way still hiring, uh, uh, and we also said okay things like uh, flexibility, for instance. I think that's quite a no brainer that flexibility helps if you are in these kinds of situations. Uh, but normally, maybe based on the, the, the job that you have in your company, you could value it uh, a bit more, a bit less. Uh, long-term focus, same thing. For some jobs, it's really important to have that. For some jobs, you're like, hey, if we can just make sure that we keep reminding people about the fact that this is what we are doing, this is why everything will be all right. Uh, but we definitely raise the bar for these kinds of things in in. Uh, for the people that we are hiring now, just to be prepared for another situation in which uh, we will find ourselves in a situation like like in which we are not right now. Um, so I think that overall people are a little bit more critical about their hires than they were mm. uh, prior to Corona. That's really interesting. Before we kind of move on and, and look at the kind of the, the, the second part of this, which is, you know, how do we equip our teams? How do we hire teams that are going to be able to you know, deal with challenging scenarios like this, uh, this again, from a, from a remote working context and, and making sure you've got a team that are kind of ready and able to, to work remotely and flexibly. Are there any traits that you're dialing down? So, you know, you, you've talked about the ones that you're dialing up. So the ability to kind of self-prioritize, I think that's, I think that's really key. Um, flexibility as one and, and the ability to have a long-term vision right because you're less connected to those to people on a day-by-day basis you need to have much more internal vision about where um the organization is going those are the ones you're dialing up is there anything you're dialing down in, in terms of saying actually that's that that used to be really important and we're coming into an office every day but actually isn't that important anymore well, we um, we did some research into that specific topic as well, and we haven't able been able to find anything up to this point. And I think that's because of the fact that your job is not necessarily changing in a remote setting. I think it just adds a layer of difficulty to it. So you still need to work together, but now you need to do it through a video call. Uh, you still need to know why you are doing it, uh, but you're not hearing it constantly. You still need to be aware of the fact that you need to prioritize your task. But it doesn't help that you uh, no longer can listen to the, the, the chat at the coffee machine. So um, I believe, but uh, need to be honest, that's an assumption now because we haven't found the proof yet for that. Um, that remote working is not only different, it's more difficult. And that's why it requires more skills than working at the office. But I, for me personally, if I would now evaluate the... the um, the whole adventure that we've we've been facing as well with COVID and having a full remote team uh, from one day or another. Uh, I can't come up with things that I'm like, okay, this is less relevant now. I, I could only think about things that uh, are highly relevant all of a sudden. So, yeah, I, I haven't, uh, uh, it's not proven yet. So if I could go back to the kind of question at the beginning, it was, you know, is the team we, we needed in the past the same as the team we're going to need for the future? And as we look to that future, I guess there are two themes that we've talked about. The first one is uh, an appetite, a desire, an ability to work remotely and flexibly. Yeah. And the, and the second one is 
you know, I feel like we are, I think you're a bit younger than me, but I was in my twenties, you know, six months ago. So I'm only, I'm only just, I'm only just 30. Um, we've, we've never lived through anything as challenging as this Mm -hmm. in our lifetime. Um, and so I guess it's definitely made me consider other people, are the people that we need in the room, people who can, um, you know, adapt to really, really challenging global situations like this? Have they got that growth mindset to, to hunt out the opportunity in, in, in the bad moments? Have, have they got the personal discipline to um, keep moving and to, to, to do that self-care? Um, and you know maybe that's a, a relatively kind of morbid and 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 you know difficult difficult idea for some people to swallow, but you know it's it's definitely made me think about making sure we've got people in the room who are going to be prepared for whatever is thrown at us further down the line. Yeah. How uh, how do you guys see that? Well, I think that um, uh, well, let's first say, of course, this is an exceptional situation. I mean we would have ever thought that the whole world would be turned upside down because of a pandemic. Uh, it's, it's, it's like we, we walked into a science fiction moving and now all of a sudden it's real life. Uh, so I do think that to uh, go back to the political answer, there, there's, um, uh, there's some way we, we need to find ourselves in the middle. But I do think that uh, basically what we are now facing is uh, we are in a financial crisis. The only impact that it has on top of that is that we also have a crisis in our healthcare system and it attacks us in our personal life, uh, which still means that if we end up in a new crisis, let's say COVID didn't happen, but we went there, there was a financial crisis in 2021. Uh, those are still the kinds of moments where you will see, okay, these are the people that can actually um, live up to their promises in these kinds of periods, in the, the, the periods where things are getting slowly, uh, slightly difficult. And these are the people that are getting really afraid in those kind of situations or that just can't handle quickly or can't adapt themselves. So I think that you will always have situations which you need to adapt. Uh, I do think that you you don't need to look for only people who are capable of handling these extreme situations, but you should always be looking for people that can handle a situation that's unexpected uh, because we will definitely face it a couple of times in our lives. Yeah. I think what's really interesting is, you know, ultimately what you're, you know, championing is having a better understanding of the traits that you're bringing into the business. Yep. And, you know, it feels like we're relatively on the same side, which is that maybe there are some traits you want a little bit more of as we look at our kind of future hires that we're going to make. Every time you hire someone, that has an impact on your culture. Yep. You know, our model for culture that we talk about is people, process, and policy. You kind of mix those three things together, and the thing you get out the other side is your is your culture. Yeah. You can't, you know, there are if someone says I'm going to work on culture, that's such a fluffy, <laughs> such a fluffy idea, right? But actually, if you break it down into those component parts, people, policy, and process, it becomes something that you can actually adapt. And so, what we're talking about here is is our people. So changing the types of people we have in our organizations, it will affect our cultures. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you guys see the culture that you're going to build over the next 12 months as being 
different to the culture that you had over the last 12 months? Yeah, definitely. But I, I do think that, that uh, I totally agree, by the way. I think culture is something that happens and, and uh, people always try to create it. But it's, it's, it's just something that arises once you, you get people in the company and your company's growing and all of a sudden you find yourself in, in operations and you need to have processes and different people. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that this changes your culture as well. Because I think a, a huge part of your company culture is also the, the type of relationships that you're building with people. Um, and relationships change if you're working remotely. Uh, people who are always talking about uh, working for a startup for the typical startup culture, the startup culture isn't there in a remote situation. You're not going to do some beer pong, uh, a beer pong and a virtual call. <laughs> Uh, and like you mentioned, process is another pillar of, of uh, a culture is changing as well because you need to adapt to a situation where uh, uh, where you can combine working in the office and working remotely. So we are now adapting ourselves as a company to a situation in which you will do 50-50. Uh, so yeah, relationships change. I believe the, the things you do with your team changes. Uh, uh, processes will be different. So yes, that ultimately impacts your culture for sure. And I think that um, a lot of people perceive culture as the values that you've written on your wall, which is of course a, a part of your company culture. But it's it's not it's not everything. You can you can really keep up to your values that you were writing down, uh, but maybe the the way you will live up to them or the way you interpret them and and bring them to your daily operations will will definitely change. Yeah, and so the flip side is. I guess of all of this, how do we ensure we're not um, hiring lots of the same type of person? I think that's always the thing that I yep. I worry I worry about in any hiring scenario is that you know a huge amount of unconscious bias exists, and you know I know that I'm much more likely in an interview to hire someone that sounds like me that looks like me that it has the same interests as me and you know i'm sure you would agree that that doesn't make the best teams yeah no of course of course and so you know what are the things that you think about with your technology with your product with the way that you support your customers in terms of in ensuring they aren't building out businesses that are, are an echo chamber with lots of people with the same views with the same ideas with the same traits uh, but actually there is that difference and the and the ability for people you know for the traits in one person to accentuate and improve the traits of another person yeah well what do we do um um that's that's basically why we call ourselves a team composition tool instead of just a predictive hiring software um what we really believe is that the Team performance is not a result of the sum of individuals. It's a, it's a result of the combination of individuals that you're having in your team. So you can you can put the greatest individuals together in a room, but if they all represent the same skill set, the same personality traits, the same backgrounds, uh, they will likely provide you with quite a poor result um, because of the fact that you're missing 80% of the personality traits and the skills that you might be looking for and the backgrounds and the... Uh, just the diversity in your team. team. Teams are about diversity, and it's not only about demographic diversity, it's also about skill diversity and personality diversity. So what we uh, what we try to do with our platform is we 
um, uh, like I mentioned, we have we have uh, quite a consistent uh, customer base. Scale up, tech scale ups, they all have quite similar teams. Um, so we did some research and okay, what makes a team a successful team? So what makes, for instance, an engineering team or a sales team uh, a successful team? Uh, when both looking at the culture that there are, that there is in the company, but also successful teams in the industry. So which kinds of skills do you need, and which kinds of personality traits do you need in order to foster creative thinking, stuff like that. So we uh, assess your current team composition. What do the people in your team collectively represent now? Uh, and based on that, we provide you with a suggestion on what you should be looking for in the next hire to make sure that you actually make your team uh, more complete instead of just adding another person to it. We call that uh, the copy-paste effect, just looking at your top performer and then keep copy-pasting your top performers. Uh, that's not something you should do. So with every person that's hired in your team, uh, our analysis changes because your team composition is changed with a new person. And that means that for the next person in the team, you might be looking for other traits. Um, so I don't think that everyone should master all the skills and all the personalities uh, uh, that you need in order to be successful as a team. But you need to be highly aware of the people that might not be having it. So that also means that in a remote situation, uh, it could be that someone in your team is not doing so well with task prioritizing, the, the, the most obvious skill that we were talking about. But if you have three people in your team that are really doing well in task prioritizing, you could also just match them together. Just couple them up and let them help each other. So it's more about being aware of what you have in your team, where the, the, the gaps are in, with different individuals and as, with your team as a whole. And how to how to make sure that you have the right information to act on that. So that's how we try to prevent that you are just copy pasting one person in your team. And and let's use that as a jumping off point. If you were talking to you know me as someone who doesn't use your product, what are the things that I can be doing um, to identify where those gaps are and to think about what traits are important to us? Um, you know, what's, what's the really tangible advice that you would give a founder, uh, you know, today that they could start to implement tomorrow? Except from the fact, of course, that they need to buy a product to do so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's um, there is also bias in that, of course. Uh, if you are going to map your team members yourself, there will be some sort of a bias in how you, uh, look at your different team members. But it all starts with being aware of the fact that it's important to have those insights in your team. Uh, so it doesn't matter if you're not 100% correct uh, uh, while mapping someone's personality. You just need to start trying it and become better at it every day. And that's, now I make it sound really vague, but what you could do, for instance, is... Uh, uh, just make a list of with the, uh, where you can look at different people in your team and write down a top three and a, a top three skills and personality traits of that person and maybe a low three. Okay, what, are, what are the strengths and weaknesses? If you have that for all, from, from all your people in the team and you can then categorize maybe your sales team and engineering team, uh, you will likely see some patterns or you will maybe see like, hey, I, I wrote down uh, something in the top three and one of, uh, one of the people in my sales team but then all the other, for all other people, that, that, that skill was actually missing. So is it because that skill is not so relevant for the team? Or should we actually look for more? And I think that's, that's a journey of finding it out and becoming better in how to use that information. 
But the most important thing is being aware of that. Uh, what makes someone uh, successful in your team, or what makes someone unsuccessful? Can we can we reveal that? Can we can we look for patterns over there? Um, and I think that too many founders are not aware enough of the people that they're having in their team, or aren't looking deep enough into skill sets and personality traits. And I think it all started with being aware of the fact that you need that information in order to develop people and in order to develop your team. So yeah, my advice would actually be, it doesn't matter if, you, uh, if you're great in it or not, just start doing it. Try on error, try it out and you will become better every day. That's really good advice. Um, to understand people's development and the opportunities that they have, you have to understand the composition of the people in your organization, the composition of that team. And so, and, you know, just starting down that road, beginning that process of starting to map it, whether you use a tool or not is important. And I, and I love the idea that you kind of put out there, which is go into it knowing that you will be biased and that there will be a, a, an element of bias, but actually, you know, yeah. starting the process will help you just to start to consider what the value of going through those motions is. And, and hopefully, you know, over time, that means you're going you're gonna to take it more seriously and you're going to turn to experts to yeah. help you in a more comprehensive way. Yeah, and what we actually do to make it very concrete, because I still see that, that a lot of founders are uh, unaware of the value that their team adds. Um, uh, founders really like a business case. We want to make a business case out of everything. Everything should return into, into money someday because then we are growing as a company. Uh, perceive your team as a business case. Uh, we did some research into our customer base. Um, uh, so the skill up market, on average, 72% of the costs you're having on a monthly base are the costs you're having as a result of having people in your team. So uh, salaries, uh, uh, all these kinds of things, making sure that everyone has a desk, has a laptop, etc. It's It's 72% on average of your total cost. So not spending time on actually making the people on your team better and getting a better ROI out of their people it would just be would, would be the dumbest decision if you would perceive it as a financial business case as well. And that's often the flipping point on which people start thinking like, oh yeah, shit, yeah, you're actually right. It's, it's also a financial business case. And uh, eventually I hope that people will be more intrinsic motivated um, uh, and see that, that people are really important. But just as a conversation starter, making it very hard and confronting for people really helps. Mm, I love that. Well, look, we started by saying people are the most important part of your business and we end with it. So um, that is just perfect. Uh, I've got to say a big, big thank you to Charlotte for joining us today. Thank you, Charlotte. I hope you, uh, hope you enjoyed the conversation. Of course, yeah. And thanks so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed yeah. it as well. Yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed it. We'll definitely have you back on again soon. And as always, I've got to thank Mel, our producer, behind the virtual glass, making sure that we put out an episode each and every week. To all of you listening along at home, we really, really appreciate you. And if there's topics and questions you'd love us to cover, uh, you know where we are. I'm at Gately on Twitter, and we're at Join Charlie on Twitter. We look forward to seeing you again next week. I've been Ben Branson-Gately, your host, and this has been the Culture Ops Podcast. Thank you.